sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 137. Lots of golf courses are open around the country. They've opened down here in Palm Beach County. I'll be returning to my summer digs May 13th at Quail Ridge Country Club. So make sure you are adhering to all of the policies that are being instituted at your course. I know that we all want to keep playing, so do it safely and do it wisely. Some very exciting news coming out of Seminole Golf Club. There is going to be a charity match pitting Dustin Johnson and Roy McIlroy against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. This is the first time you will see televised golf at Seminole Golf Club. Opened in 1929, famous course designed by Donald Ross. I know that Dick Wilson had some adjustments to the course around World War II time. And then, of course, Core and Crenshaw have restored some aspects in the last five years. I had the fortune of playing it just before the quarantine went into effect. Now, I don't know Jimmy Dunn very well. Uh, I spent a nice day with him. He was a guest on the podcast, episode 123. But I do know this. He would not want me to say that he made this whole match happen, so so I'm not going to do that. But he is the president of Seminole, so I will say that I'm sure he had a hand in it in some manner. Now, I know I tell you all to go back and listen to all the previous episodes, but if you have not listened to my conversation with the Dunman in episode 123, you need to go back and take a listen. Absolutely incredible man, incredible stories. And if you're looking forward to the Walker Cup next year at Seminole, well, I'm sure you can imagine who also had a hand in that happening. As I've said many times, don't forget every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. We're on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure that you're following along. It's a good way to find out what's happening in the world of golf and what guests are going to be joining me in the future. So I'm also putting together an email subscriber list, which I'm not sure what I'm going to use it for, but you know, it might just be for announcing episodes or perhaps sending some stories that have never made it into a released episode. There will definitely be some VIP info in there, so to speak. So I recommend going to the link in the show notes. It'll show you how to add your email address. Super quick and easy. Just go do it. I'm not going to spam you. In fact, I've not sent out one email yet, but once I do, I will have some good information in there for you. Last Friday's episode, Will Zalatoris joined me to talk about the fundraiser event that they had at Merido Golf Club in Dallas. Will played on that dominant 2017 U.S. Walker Cup team that won at LACC. And my guest this week was on that team as well. Our guest on this episode is Doc Redman. First of all, Doc is his real name. I didn't ask him that. He's been asked that before. You should know that already. Doc is his real name. And just like Zalatoris, he had an incredible 2017 season. Honorable mention All-American. South Carolina Amateur Athlete of the Year, runner-up at the Western Am, and yes, he made that incredible run from the playoff to get into match play all the way to the final match where he came back against Doug Gim and captured the 2017 U.S. Amateur. We talked about the Walker Cup, we talked about his time at Clemson, and also we discussed the success he's seen as a professional. Now, I know that Hovland and Wolf and Morikawa get a lot of attention, and rightfully so. They've all won on the PGA Tour. Well, 
you need to keep your eye on Doc. He shares the story about how he went from playing the McKenzie Tour in Canada to wrapping up his PGA Tour card in just a couple weeks. So I've been chasing after Doc for quite some time, wanted to get him on the podcast. This is a lot of fun, so let's get to it. Doc, finally, you're at the back of the range. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, we're in the same boat. Uh, I'm, list- I'm letting listeners know when we record since everything changes from day to day. So it's March 30th, and, um, you know, we're stuck in this uh, coronavirus pandemic that's a very real thing. And while golf is not the most important thing in the world, obviously, it's it's uh, what we kind of talk about here. How are you staying busy? Uh, what are you doing to uh, to not go crazy when uh, when there's no professional golf tournaments to play in? Right. I, um, you know, for the past two weeks, I've been trying to go to the beach a lot, actually, uh, since I don't really get that opportunity a whole lot and get a nice tan. So they actually just closed it, uh, yesterday. Okay. So went Saturday for the last day of, you know, who knows how long. And that was a lot of fun playing a lot of spike ball. And then I actually just started practicing a little bit today. So that was nice as well. There you go. Yeah, I saw spike ball on TV. Is that? I mean, yeah. Okay, so that's that's a for real thing. That's that's the new thing. Well, yeah, I think it's really a lot of you'll see it in a college town somewhere, you know, on any field. Some kids we play in, and I just wanted a good way for like me and my friends to get out on the beach and have you know some competitive. So it's been great. We we love it. Nice. Yeah, I, I saw it on TV, and I was like, okay, that that looks. That looks kind of cool. I gotta. I may need to watch a little bit more of that. So right, uh, right. I agree. It is at first. I think I wasn't a huge fan when I first saw it, and then after you know getting it and playing it, it's it's great. Is this the longest time that you've spent away from the game of golf? And and I know you're able to hit balls. I know you're up at uh, at TPC Sawgrass, and you're up in that kind of Ponte Vedra, Jacksonville area. So I know you still have access to actually hit hit balls and do something. Right. As far as competitively without a tournament to circle on your calendar is this the longest break you've had yeah it probably is which is i think uh good and bad you know i i think talking to a lot of people and uh, a lot of other pga tour players more specifically um and myself included just like this is exactly it's the first time in a long time where um, we haven't had to do anything golf wise and we don't have anything really circled on the calendar. So it's really nice to not play golf and, you know, for a lot of people spend more time with their family and all that. So, and then, you know, the downside of it is who knows when we'll play again, you know, they say colonial and kind of like we had talked about it, that would be awesome. But yeah. you know, wouldn't put any money on that right now, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but um, you know, the season's not going to sneak up on us no. about that. So uh, I think, you know, the level of golf you'll see coming out, it might even be a lot better just because like you said, there's not a lot of time to work on your game. And for a lot of people, this is going to be it, you know, to have a solid month or two after a nice, you know, month off. Yeah. It, it presents a lot of interesting situations. You have guys that maybe are, you know, rehabbing some injuries and maybe even, you know, getting in the gym and and taking care of some things. And then, um, and then you've, you know, obviously you've had a good solid start to this season. So you're not, you know, behind an eight ball. You're just in a nice kind of a, 
you know, a, a somewhat of a secure spot as much as possible, I would imagine. So uh, I guess you're just going to try and pick it up right where you left off. Yeah, exactly. I would actually in the, the last two weeks and kind of switched putting um, styles and putters and I'd started putting great and, and I thought my game was coming along really nicely. So I guess, you know, that part's a bummer too. I was pretty excited to, to come to some, you know, really big tournaments. Uh, you know, the Florida swings always fun. And then I feel like the season really gets going, you know, after that and a final push for the masters. And then after that, there's a lot of great tournaments. So yeah, it's weird, but um, it was nice to get off to a decent start. And um, like you said, you know, I guess I, I always think about it. I could have played a lot better and, you know, had my card already locked up, but I could also played a lot worse. So, you know, I am where I am and you got to love it. Yeah, no, you're in a, you're in a good spot. There's guys I know that are on developmental tours and mini tours and they're just right. kind of like, that's, they're, they're, that's also true. Yeah. They're, they're kind of in, they're kind of in quicksand right now. So um, you mentioned not putting your money on things. I really hate to pull something off of your PGA tour.com profile page, but this jumped out. You're passionate about in, in about the stock market. What are you? No, I mean, what are that can't not now. I hope, please, just no. I okay. That was I don't even know why that's still on there. I I was for a little while, like last year, I because I wasn't playing a lot of golf and I had some money to throw around just for fun. So, me and my uh, the guy who carried for me, I'm actually we'd kind of every day look at some like just off the eight ball stocks to right. to get into, and we had a lot of fun with it. Now. No, I, I pay someone to do that now. So I, I, I would, I, I could, I could sell you a mattress to put your money in if you want to. That might be right. the, the safest place for you. Um, yeah. Well, you're talking about your caddy that, that uh, you're talking about, Dean Emerson. I assume that caddy. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about him because I love that story. You know, we'll we'll get into a little bit of your your PGA Tour uh, uh, journey, but you know, we talk a lot of amateur golf around here. That seems to be where a lot of the fun stories lie, and. Obviously, uh, for people listening, they know I just spoke to your your coach at Clemson, Larry Penley, who uh, we we I mentioned before uh, before recording that uh, that's a guy that you want to have a couple beers and some fried chicken with. I mean, just right. salt, salt of the earth, the coolest guy. Um, you had this really great junior and and amateur success before you went to Clemson. You know, state high school champ and you know top five in the, in the junior invitational at Sage Valley and Carolina amateur success. Um, but I think I remember that you did not commit very early to a college and, and I mean, you ended up going to Clemson. I know you, that was a great choice for you, but right. can you maybe walk me through maybe just the process of you going to college? Yeah. So I actually, I think I committed sometime when I was maybe after my sophomore year in, in uh, college or in high school. Sorry. I think I committed somewhere around there. Yeah. And I was kind of, my parents actually, both of them went to Oklahoma State, so I grew up a big Oklahoma State fan. And, uh, yeah, how interesting is that? So, you know, looked at them when I was out playing the AJGA was there and looked at a few other schools that were kind of not in North Carolina but around the area because I didn't want to go too far. Sure. And um, sitting on Clemson, you know, Coach Penley and Coach Bird were awesome, and I, I loved how – you know, we've got a bunch of a few guys on tour now and have had a bunch in the past. So I thought it was just a perfect place. And um, yeah, I'm glad I went. Obviously, it was it was great, but it was nice, honestly, to get the 
the commitment out of the way, I think. And after that, I wasn't too worried about, you know, exactly my results. Right. I was just worried about getting better. And I started playing a bunch of local amateur stuff because I thought, you know, that was better competition and that's where I should go play. Now, one of the great things that I loved when just, you know, getting prepared to talk to you is that the last job you had was a caddy. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's so great that, you know, you grew up in, in the game, you know, looping at, at old Chatham in, uh, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And what makes it even better is that a member there is who was on your bag at the USAM win in, uh, in 2017. <laughs> so let me ask you, how did, how does caddying help you as a player? That's a good question. I think, I think you just get a better understanding of the game and a different perspective. You know, you you're seeing someone else do it, and I guess obviously not at a high level, but then you know how a lot of different play, uh, shots play, and and you can critique how people do it and how you would do it differently, and probably just kind of rounds you out a little bit, you know. And definitely, I thought gave me great, you know, social skills, especially with you know, business women, men and women and right. just how to talk to people respectfully and professionally. How did, um, so again, you're, oh, and I have to, I mean, I'm sure there's a time when you're at old Chatham where maybe someone doesn't know who you are and they say, Hey, you want to come join us for nine holes? Uh, I'm guessing, and that course looks awesome, by the way, I looked, I looked it up. That place looked fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's, um, Lots of fun, great shape, you know, a true golf club, I would say. Yeah. Now, how did you, I think you had Dean on your bag in the, uh, in the Northeast. What, I did, yeah. yeah. So how did you uh, connect with him to the point where, you know, you're foregoing maybe a local caddy? Because, you know, right. when, when you're going out to Rib, you're going out to Bel Air. I mean, these are, these are courses that you really should have someone, or you, at least you would think you'd want someone that's, has experience on that course. Um, how did you make the decision just to bring him along? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't remember exactly. I think I just, you know, we had become pretty close playing and he caddied me at the caddy for me at the Northeast where we played well. I think we came in like fifth or sixth, which at the time was awesome for me. And, um, I just thought it'd be fun to have him out there. You know, we stayed with my cousin nearby and, I guess I never even really thought about having a local caddy. I just wanted to, I figured we could figure it out. And if I had someone who I was enjoying my time with, while I was there, then, you know, it'd all be good. Yeah. Well, you, you had, you know, us am experience in the past. You, you made it uh, to a uh, second round in 2016. And then obviously you go in this, right. this really great run in 17 where you run her up to Norman Jong in the Western am and ran through a, future Walker cup teammate, you know, Cameron champ, and you have all this great success. And, and again, you, you know, it's, it's well chronicled. You go through the, the USAM as a, I guess the number 62 seed after getting through the playoff of that. I think I spoke right. with, um, Oh gosh, who did I speak to about the, uh, Oh, I just spoke with Austin Squires who was just at mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. And he had the, that four hour, uh, uh, just that long, long way to that playoff. That's gotta be right. the worst. That's pretty much the worst day i would imagine for an amateur golfer i mean it's a great thing to be yeah. an US amateur but that playoff is just brutal right exactly yeah that was you're talking about the one at pebble um no i was actually talking about well no his was at 
his was at Pinehurst oh, okay. last year, and then, but then yours was like what, like a yeah. sixteen for nine, something like that. Yeah, it was some like that, sixteen for nine, and they did a good job starting it on ten, and yeah, I, you just knew it was going to be tougher than we all thought, and I grinded out a good par there on. Um, 10 and i think bogey ended up being okay too wow some like some crazy like they only went one hole and that's the, it, that's the short par four that basically is just staring you right in the face saying come on drive it just just right just, just pipe driver and yeah just, and i mean that was kind of a stacked playoff too i know i can't remember exactly who all was in there but i vividly remember scotty making about a triple and oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not, not which the, I should remind her of. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it sounds like it's going to freshen your mind. Um, yeah, it was just he was one of he was in like the last group and it was coming down to it. And um, he just got in some bad spots. But I'm sure I could. Well, obviously, I could kid with him now about that. I should have hit the walker up. But I actually. Yeah, that the, that playoff is awful. It's, you know, tough when you finish around the number and have to wait like I did in in LA and yeah, man, it's just, you know, it's brutal, but, uh, you know, it's a great championship. I have actually have some good stories from the year before um, Two I'll, two good match play. Give, give them to me. These golf wise are probably better than anything I have. Uh, okay. Um, at, from Riv, I have some good off the course stories, I feel like, oh, but perfect. Yeah. But these, so we're at Oakland Hills and, um, geez, just staying. My mom's there and I had my coach at the time on the bag and we're staying in a hotel and make it to match play, which was obviously great. And, um, round one played Noah Goodwin. Yeah. And at the time, you know, he was obviously really young cause that was before I even got to school. So, you know, he's shit's gotta be like two hour, two years um younger than me so you know he was the guy at the time especially in junior golf he won the and US junior i think in 2014 if i remember but yeah so we go into this first round match and um i ended up beating him one up or two up something like it finished on 18 you know dramatic and all like i like to do obviously and um we're walking off the green and there's like you know, three writers who flock to him for a story. And I just walk on by like to the clubhouse <laughs> and like, I'll never forget that. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like I just won and they're talking to him, you know, that's nuts. And so I don't know. That's always stuck with me. It's funny. And then round two, I got uh Sam Horsfield and this is again is like obviously he's playing great over in the european tour now but like this is when he was you know killing it at florida right exactly yeah yeah. he was the best yep and um you know i just remember the front nine i i remember playing pretty well whatever that was you know i might have shot one under even something like that which out there was pretty good and i think i was like four or five down yep he just shot 29 and then, you know, I hung on for as long as I could and I think lost on like 13 or 14. And, you know, he was like two inside the course record. And so I'll always remember that too is like, 
going playing Sam Horsefield playing pretty well, and he was going to break the course record. Yeah, and that's how just, so, just you can't anticipate. It's crazy. Yeah, you can't predict anything. Um, right. That's crazy though about the Noah Goodwin story. And yeah, and I, I and it's funny how you said that it's always stuck with you. I guess when I've read other interviews you've done or read articles, it always seems to come across as that like you're coming out of nowhere or no one saw you coming. And I'm like, well, he won a lot in high school and he won in college and he, you know, he's gotten all these tournaments. Is that kind of something that just kind of your persona? Like, yeah, I'm not real flashy. I'm not going to tell you how good I am. I'm just going to put my head down and work and um, I'll just get there eventually. And if I surprise people, it's great, but it's not. not Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess it is that way. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's always been that way. You know, I was, pretty good in in high school and i didn't really care to be the best high school golfer in the in the country because you know my mind was towards the future but sure. i was pretty good and you know a lot of people liked other guys and that's <laughs> kind of that's kind of why i went to clemson is like you know i was their guy they they really loved me and it was like man it's nice to go somewhere loved right yeah and yeah, same thing in, in college, you know, I, I played pretty darn well my first year, two wins in the fall and, you know, Norman comes out and he was the man, which he was, yeah. you know, that's nothing against him. Obviously I love Norman, but he was the guy. So he got a lot, you know, and then, uh, so yeah, I guess it has been like that. You know, it's, it's all right. It's fine. I got to just keep getting better and keep you know make some for them to talk about how about that i i mean yeah if that's what if that's what you gotta do i just i think i think it's gonna be fascinating when when you do pick up that first win or you do or, or you know as your career progresses it's gonna be really fascinating to see what those questions are gonna be where right you're, you're probably gonna get the same stuff like i'm guessing you get questions that are about wolf morikawa and hovland almost all the time don't you yeah well, I don't really get to interview that much, but yeah, they do talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, but I'm just guessing like every young star is being compared to those three when, uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's confusing. I mean, I think at the same time I said this to someone too, uh, recently, maybe at Honda, like they're talking about those three guys and no one talks about Scotty Scheffler and yeah. Scotty is, you know, him or Colin or, probably right next to each other on the world golf ranking right now. Right. You know, and no one talks about Scotty and Scotty's played, you know, incredible this year. So I think that, you know, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. You know, no one talked about, you know, I love Victor, but you know, he goes out and wins in, in Puerto Rico and congrats. That's awesome. And, you know, I think I know Scotty was in Mexico playing the WGC you know, so that's why he hasn't won yet because he's over there playing WGCs. Right. No, you're you're hundred. It's 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 fascinating to see who's getting the the juice in the pub. And it's uh, are you big? Are you a big social media guy? Is that even on your radar? Like you're not thinking about your brand, are you? I mean, I guess a little bit, yeah. But I don't want to be that guy always on the phone or always posting about everything in my life. You know, just kind of right to some extent do do my own thing and when i want to post some i'll do it and um i'm trying to get better at like 
Instagram stories, just little snippets of what's going on or if I see something cool. So I don't actually have to post about everything. There you go. There you go. But so, you know, we'll see. I think it would be awesome to, you know, have a big following. And I think that just comes with, I'd like to do that through playing really good golf, you know, and just being myself. That's the, uh, that's the best way to do it. Um, you know, do it with your actions. So you, you pick up, so let, I know that everyone knows how you uh, had the come from behind win in the final match against Gim with the Eagle birdie and then, and then birding on the 19th hole. I guess I want to ask you about Walker cup and how quickly, obviously you were told pretty much right after you win that you're on the Walker cup team and the span of time between the USAM and the Walker cup, did you go home or did you just stay out there? What was kind of the, no. kind of the gap between that? Yeah. So I flew home the next day after I won to Raleigh, uh, where my parents live and got my stuff and headed down to school in Clemson. I think I was home for like a day, then had to go down to school for like 10 days and ship out. Cause we got there, um, like nine or nine days before, um, the matches started. It's a long so, week, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had a ton of fun and it was awesome, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot of build up. You're there for a lot of, a lot of long time for like just two quick days you blink and it's over. Yeah. Which is great, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Well, this, this 2017 team, you know, it's, I think it's, I think it's a little too early to tell obviously how, how, what kind of comparison you can make between that team and the, the 2007 team. You know, the 2017 had, you know, uh, had Ricky and, and Webb Simpson and DJ. And, you know, this this 2017 team was, I mean, gosh, the names, they're already starting to trickle onto the PGA Tour. You're already starting to see wins in the PGA Tour with, you know, Champ. And you mentioned Scheffler and, and Morikawa. Um, you know, you get in there, you're, you're the U.S. Amateur champion, and it's just that quick turnaround. I know you 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 failed to contribute a point. I'm not bringing it up to, to you know, bring up bad memories, but I'm just trying to, I'm curious, is it just that you were kind of out of gas just for the entire craziness around the U.S. Amateur win, or did it just you caught some kind of couple buzz saws, or what? What was your kind of takeaway of of on the course at the Walker Cup? I actually right after the USAM went home and we made some swing changes before the Walker Cup. Oh, and so in the interest of my game in the long term, I was I really was playing. It took me a long time to get comfortable with my swing and to get it where we wanted, probably into middle of the spring. Okay. So I, we play, you know, I played in two um, alternate shot matches and I recall thinking I played decent, you know, one Brandon and I kind of got, uh, you know, we got beat in situations that you didn't wouldn't have thought we got beat in and i thought we played really well and and will and i had a tough morning from what i remember you know the first day and then i was kind of just maybe a little too emotional on in the singles match but at that point you know we had killed them already we already won yeah you know i was towards the end and i don't even know when we won but it had to be on my front nine yeah yeah that that day that day was uh pretty much over before it got started so right and so yeah it, it wasn't the best and i guess it is a little embarrassing to score zero points especially when um i think we had you know three guys score four 
but uh it was more about the team anyway you know we won that's what's important it's not about absolutely what i do no absolutely i was just curious how just the the turnaround from the u.s amateur and i did not know that you're going through a swing change i had the great pleasure of sitting down and having a beer with with spider miller and uh, yeah that is a uh that is a special guy when was the first time you met spider man i don't remember that summer when i did i was kind of on the outside looking in the whole time and yeah. trying to impress him and might've been at the Western, you know, maybe when I made it to match play, made it just said, you know, Hey, he was out there watching most of the week and he did watch me play cam champ actually in one of the matches. And, uh, that was awesome. And I mean, I played some awesome players and that as well. It's crazy. You know, I played Will Gordon in the first round of match play. Um, probably like some of the longest players ever, Will Gordon. And then I played Min Woo Lee yep. and then I played cam champ and I don't think anyone else calls him cam, just me. Um, <laughs> and then Norman. So I was, you know, going, going first every match, but I met him there. He, he was awesome, you know, and, and then, it was, I was really excited to play for him and, you know, we got it done. That was really important. I saw him at the, uh, Seminole pro member a few weeks back and yeah. he's the best same every time I see him, you know, awesome to talk to great to have a beer with. And, uh, so was, he's awesome. Spider is, is phenomenal. Um, I've also spoken to, um, Gosh, I'm giving I'm giving you a chance now to 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 you know we've had I've spoken to a couple of your teammates and you know spoken to spoken to Mr. Zalatoris. I know he's listening to this, and Will told me this this great story about the Valley Club. It's one of the best stories. Oh ever, yeah, one of the best stories ever told on this podcast. And um, you know, I guess the the short version is you know they took you guys up to this club and they kind of wind you and dine you and the, the membership come and sees you comes to see you play and i guess everyone just ripped the hell out of that place that day and they bring you into yeah. this cocktail party and you know zalatoris is uh, hi i'm will zalatoris and i shot 65 today and doug gim i shot this and this and then and then we get over to doc redmond and uh, I'll, I'll just let you finish the story from there so well i got hopefully i remember correctly I, but yeah what i remember pre that is just you know we went into the bar specifically scotty scheffler and i and <laughs> we're just like you know the bartenders are like oh man you know we'll sure we'll have one drink and then before this little party thing where we just have to say hey like no big deal one drink yeah, yeah i mean i i guess i mentioned something about being like shooting a, a net 73 or something you know Yep. I don't 81 that 73 or something yep. like that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty much what, what, what the story was like, hi, I'm doc Redmond. I'm from Clemson and I shot 84 today. <laughs> right. And I think Scotty might've said something similar too, but yeah. And then the night went downhill from there. You know, we hadn't even had dinner yet. I don't know if he told you about that. Yeah. We, we go to this nice place for dinner and, um, but we all got wine and, I'm drinking wine and then I'm grabbing Will's wine and drinking his and doing all that, you know, and, and he's like getting so pissed, you know, he's not having a God, I think I broke a plate, you know, and, and I remember getting a burger and like, just not even touching it. I was just 
And then we have to take this bus ride home, which we're probably an hour at least away. Oh, oh that's the worst being in a bus. And with, oh, no. Scotty and I are kind of like wrestling in the bus. And, and then like the bus lady just stops, slams on the brakes and threatens to kick us out. If we don't like keep our hands to ourselves, cause we're just like <laughs> hitting each other, like wrestling. So that was just like a crazy afternoon. But, um, and then a few days later, I think Scotty got this package and it was from the um, guy in the, in the bar at Valley club. He sent us like a, a little drink mix basket. Oh my gosh. That's great. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And just, he was like, this is what you guys like. Um, you know, here's a basket of it. Like, That's awesome. So that was just the icing on the, on the cake for that day all right so let's let's see if we can remember how many times did spider miller get thrown into the pool after you guys won i don't know i know i remember once but that was i mean we i i think we tore it up the european team tore it up too i know that and it was it was great because we got to celebrate with the lacc members and all the fans that were there too oh really i mean well not in our hotel but no, no, before no. that we went to yeah we just went in the bar in the clubhouse oh, and awesome. it was it was awesome yeah i mean that's gotta be that's gotta be a great way to cap off the amateur career i mean after that i mean you're just you know it really can't get better than that no that was like my number one goal heading into that summer was to make the walker cup team i want to do so bad and um to to have done that it was awesome it was really really cool You've uh, you've mentioned several times when people ask you like how do you stay focused and how do you put it out of your mind because you know that you pretty much need to win that match against Gim to get on the team or you know that it's going to go a long way you don't want to leave it to chance to to because there were a lot of solid players that summer you don't want to leave it to chance where someone has to make a pick you've said many times that yeah I just I I I don't know how I do it I just kind of put it out of my mind and I just focus on the shot at hand do you remember a time in your career that maybe you weren't able to do that and how you kind of got over that hump to, you know, have that, that mental focus in these, these big moments. I think I'm still learning how to, on a smaller level, you know, every day think about just hitting every shot the best I can and not trying to make birdies or, I mean, I had a, got over the hump of, of that specifically at, uh, in DC last year, not to keep coming back to pro golf, but no, you're good. You know, the course, this was no, two years ago in D.C. The last time they had it in D.C. It's, you know, the course, Avenale is hard. And we come out Saturday, I made the cut, and I started pressing and shot a bad number for no reason. And then the last day, going out early, I shot bogey-free 64, like the second best round of the day. And it was like, okay, you know, I can't be out here trying to shoot 65 and make birdies. I just got to kind of do my thing and, and let things come to me and take advantage when I can. So it's, it's less about a sprint. It's more about just kind of stay in your lane and let things just kind of happen. Yeah. And add it up at the end and, you know, you'll be surprised what happens kind of Detroit almost like I, I played solid and it was nothing crazy. I think the sec, like the first round, uh, I didn't get off to a hot start. The second round, I think I parted my first 11 holes something like that. And, you know, guys are lapping me. That course was, you know, fairly easy. And, you know, I just kind of hung tough and you end up shooting 
whatever I shot 19 under, Yeah, you know? And after the round, I didn't, I didn't even know that I had got an exemption to the British open. I mean, someone had to tell, tell me that. And I was like, Oh dang. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that now. Yeah. That's awesome. I was just so worried about honestly finishing second. Yeah. Cause solo second. Yeah. Cause that's just a huge amount of points and just goes that much farther to, to getting your card. Cause you were looking at probably like a T you know, three or four guys tied for second place as opposed to right. solo. Um, totally. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big thing. So I want to, I want to talk about that tournament. This is really the tournament, I guess you could say that really just catapulted you into the spot where you can get your card. And, you know, it's not like you had an exemption into it. It's not that you could prepare weeks and weeks to, to get there. Um, you had to Monday into this thing and to make it even more challenging, it's not like you caught a flight into, into, you know, Detroit and just you know, no sweat. You're coming in from, um, you're coming in from Canada cause you finished up a McKenzie tour event and I, yes. and I looked it up. So Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, that's where the turret was. And I think the flight is about nine hours to Detroit. Does that sound about right? It was, well, I went to Seattle first and then okay. took a red eye over from Seattle. So I think it was like a four hour. I mean, the trip was long yeah. total. Yeah. And I, my red eye got in at maybe five or five thirty in the morning. And then I just drove to the course and, and you shot 62 on no sleep. Yeah. Not much sleep. No, <laughs> I forget. I think I just, I stopped for breakfast, got there, changed in the locker room and warmed up basically. And like <laughs> what was like one under through six, not even playing like crazy. And then, or one hundred through five, and like pretty the last four on the on the back, and then made two eagles on the front, and like there you go, there you go. I'll see you see you on Thursday, right? Like just crazy, but yeah, I just got hot. Like found some with my putting, which I hadn't, and started hitting it good, and that's how golf is. It's crazy, but yeah, no sleep. Like just going to see what happens, see if you can get hot, you know, and and why not me and. It happened, and then the tournament was crazy, and here we are. Yeah. Do you remember between Monday getting in and Thursday teeing it up for the first round, maybe any moments where you just kind of said, okay, you know, uh, let's not be a tourist here. Let's not just kind of look around right. and see all the bright lights. Like, let's let's use this. And, and instead of just saying to your buddies, yeah, you know, I, I got to play in a PGA Tour event. You know, shot, shot a couple 73s and I missed a cut. Thanks. Right. I mean, did you remember anything specific in those couple days that, that kind of got your head screwed on after you got some rest, of course? I mean, shit. I mean, but but do you remember anything uh, that got you prepped for that? I was just, I knew I could do it because I had played well at Wells Fargo earlier that year. Um, I played well, I guess it was in May or no, it wasn't May. Whenever it was, it doesn't matter. Um, I played, I was in the final round through like 14 holes. I think I was T6 and kind of limped home to 18th or something. And so I was like, that's why I was doing those Mondays was because of that. Because I wanted to try and get in web finals. I was like, man, I've been in the top 10. It wasn't that crazy. I can do it again. Right. And I think that's what kind of carried me through was you know, I've been here, like, I just got to keep playing well and, and I belong. And 
I finished a little differently than I did in Charlotte. And that's why I came in second instead of ninth, you know? And it was just, it was really, I was pretty calm the whole time. I think, you know, I, I three putted twice on the back nine the last day and still came in solo second. So, you know, I wasn't freaking out about anything. I wasn't worried about how many points I was going to get. I was just, just trying to play good golf. Yeah. No, it was an incredible tournament. I think a lot of people remember it because of Nate Lashley, just an incredible story right. with him. I mean, it just it got to be thrilled for a guy like that and obviously thrilled for you because you took, uh, you know, you took that opportunity and uh, Monday into a, into a tournament and Mondays are brutal and your travel to get there is brutal. And then just to turn around and use it is, uh, is fantastic. You know, I'm looking at your stats and I'm not a big stats guy. I know you're a big stats guy. I mean, actuarial math and is your degree is your uh, was your um passion at clemson um i don't even know what that is uh, really <laughs> how smart are you doc i mean really what do you got going on in there what's i mean really how no, uh, i'm not that smart okay. i thought I, I was decently smart in high school and i liked math so i went into went into math and um you know it got pretty hard my last semester <laughs> in sophomore year i think I didn't have a whole lot of drive to study really as hard as I needed to for some of the math classes I was taking. And, uh, it showed in my grades a little bit, but you know, I wouldn't change it for anything. I, I'm not that smart, but I'll try hard if I need to, and I can do numbers. There you go. Um, well, I mean, you're, I guess the one thing I was going to ask you really quick before I let you go is that I'm looking at some of the stats and, you know, if you're just looking at that to get an idea of your game, it's it's accurate off the tee and you hit a lot of greens. And then if there's really anything that you're looking to tight up, tighten up, which is what you mentioned was your putting. When you get, right. when you get out there on the PGA Tour, I mean, no, everyone's like, oh, that guy can that guy really rolls it well. And that guy can get up and down from anywhere. Is it massively different on the PGA Tour when you're looking at short games and looking at putting? with the with your contemporaries or do you kind of see the difference on that tour as compared to maybe mckenzie or even playing you know uh you know usams where you're saying okay now now i understand what they were saying where everyone out here can chip it and putt it right yeah i think there is a difference and it's tough to pick up but you know i've played with a lot of pj tour players and you know i don't know if i've ever in my head thought a PJ tour player was going to miss from five feet, you know, unless it's a super, but especially I've played matches against, you know, Ben Martin, Sam Saunders, went to a bunch of guys. And it's like, you know, they got some, you're happy when they miss, you know, because you're not expecting that. Right. And, you know, I, it's just, and those guys aren't even like great putters. I'm not even talking about great putters. I'm talking about PJ tour average putters. Right. And they're, you don't think they're ever going to miss. So, yeah, it's crazy and it's and their speed's incredible. Don't three putt a lot and you know, some guys can really chip in and everyone has their thing though. You know, I think and guys do something really well and it's all about shoring up that other stuff. Well, we're uh, we're obviously going to wait and see when we do get out uh, on the uh, on the PGA tour when things go get started again and and I know you're looking forward to that and it sounds like you're kind of uh, handling the downtime pretty darn well. Um so far yeah that's gosh it's crazy um you're i'll let you go i want to ask you one last one you are up in the atlantic beach uh tpc area and i kind of find it interesting that that you are you're wearing polo you're wearing rlx and uh and your buddy sam Ryder is wearing grayson which is uh, yeah which is the um 
um, company that Charlie Schaefer started. He was with Polo, but now he, he started his own brand at Grayson. Do you guys have to kind of make sure you're dressed up appropriately? Because not just, I mean, I would imagine you two are giving each other a lot of shit as to what they're, you're wearing <laughs> on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, pretty pr- he, he's pretty proud of his stuff, too, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He, he dresses well. We're, we have slightly different taste uh, off the golf course, so you can't compare it as well. But I think I'm getting really dialed in with the with the polo stuff right now. So I'm going to be running and gunning for him. There you go. Yeah. Are you in the, you're talking about like the joggers and stuff like that, right? I don't mind the joggers. Okay. But I, I don't think polo is going to be coming out with anything like that soon. So, but yeah, just, you know, they got some really cool shirts, just getting the shirts and, and the pants, you know, fit right. And then getting the color schemes, right. And I think you can do some really cool stuff. Both of us. Don't want to make him feel bad because I know that it's it's a tough time for him being temporarily out of work. I know it's tough for you as well, but but uh, I want you to I want you to make sure that you let Sam Ryder know that, okay. that in the 2008 Florida State Amateur Championship, I made the cut, and he did not. Shot, oh wow! Shot eighty eighty one. That's right. We're putting it out here. We're putting him on blast. Eighty eighty one. One sixty one. He missed the cut. Now I didn't really make it by much, but we're not. We're not focusing on that. That's just details, okay? But but you let him know that some guy, All right. some guy that has a microphone and has a podcast, made the cut in a meaningless state amateur tournament over t- twelve years ago, and all he has to show for it is a PGA Tour career. He's gonna. He's gonna deny. 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 Oh, well, because I, I know that because fun fact about I was talking about the D.C. event. OK, um, I actually played with Sam Ryder first two rounds and the cameras were all over us because Sam and Adam Shank were playing awesome. And I remind him every day, though, that I beat him in that tournament and he still doesn't want to think that that's true. <laughs> we went head to head first two rounds. He beat me the first two rounds, yeah. but you win late. And I, I got them for the tournament. They only count them up at the end. I mean, that's all that counts. That's right. That's right. Well, Doc, I appreciate you joining me here at the back of the range. Uh, obviously, we need to wait and see when the PGA Tour schedule is going to get going again. But stay healthy and uh, appreciate you joining me here at the back of the range. See ya. Thank you. And there you have it. Special thanks to Doc Redman for joining me on this episode of the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Don't forget, every episode is available on the website, thebackoftherange.com. Make sure you're following along on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you again next time for another episode here at the Back of the Range.